The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. Welcome back to our podcast. My name is Ben. I'm the associate pastor at Morningstar Baptist Church here in Dayton, Ohio, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, John Decker. John, it has been a crazy week here in Dayton. It has, man. Um, like it's Wednesday right now, and I know a lot of people who are in this area already know. Maybe uh, those who are not, this you know, kind of keeping up with all the crazy weather around our country. But we had, I think, I heard it on the radio this morning that up to 21, 22 tornadoes that came through last Monday. Yeah, and so a little bit over a week. It's been about eight nine days now and it didn't hit us here in centerville is about 15 miles north of us on the north side of dayton where it came through but they all came through but a lot of devastation uh, and destruction that that just kind of rolled through yeah and normally we try to send our podcast out on wednesday and we chose not to do that uh, because of crazy ministry things but also um it was, it was our hope that we could even give more specific update on mm-hmm. what Morningstar is doing here in, in this relief effort because it's kind of weird. You know, everybody, you see celebrities start jumping on board. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of things happening, and and um, but we you and I are being very specific in how we're approaching this, this for our church. Right, absolutely. And before we jump into that, what we do want to definitely say is that there's a lot of people in our church who stepped up and just started joining in. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love Absolutely. that we have people who just said, Hey, like I can use a chainsaw. I can clear brush. I can help pick up trash. And so we had some of our people jump up on their own and go, Hey, we're going to go up there and even try to recruit other people to go with them. And that's what being a church is really all about. I mean, right. it's just, Hey, I'm a, I'm a church member. It makes, that means I am the church and I'm yeah. going to go do that. And, and I was super excited to see that. But for you and I, um, you and I both have been through a number of disaster relief, uh, situations and yeah. for me being in missouri we went through the joplin tornadoes that came through a few years ago and just devastated almost leveled an entire city and then um i was down in 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 the houston and beaumont area of texas uh about was it, a year ago two years ago maybe with uh, hurricane harvey yeah. relief and both those situations we went in we weren't there the first week we had some people who went obviously but mm-hmm. but we went in after that because mm-hmm. you we both understand being through that seven to 10 to maybe 14 days, there's a lot of media coverage. There's a lot of right. cameras there all the time. And the Red Cross is there and the Salvation Army's there and, and all these organizations and the celebrities, like you mentioned, yeah. step up and start giving. And it's the in thing to do. It's the, you mm-hmm. know, hey, it's jump on board. We're going to help people. It's just a good thing, not putting yeah. that down at all. And you have so many people just flooding the area. But then what happens is about seven, 10, 14 days later, the cameras aren't there anymore. The yeah. social media posts aren't there anymore. Um, the reporters aren't driving by and interviewing and the, the celebrities aren't stepping up donating money anymore and all of a sudden then you have people that I have actually seen this happen being both down in uh, southeast Texas and there in Joplin now you know up to about seven to ten days they're in shock still they're like okay yeah. what has just happened my home is flattened uh, my possessions are all over the county spread all over the wind is and they're standing there I've watched it staring at their just in numbness they have no idea what now because before there's a whirlwind of people dropping off water bottles and cleaning supplies and hugging them and all and all those things are very good but then what happens when they leave Mm -hmm. and so we had made the decision and and thinking through this that because it hits so close to our area we have the responsibility to help with the long term 
Yes. We don't want to just say, hey, we're going to have a one-day thing. We're going to go up there and help clear debris or brush. We, we, I'm excited that our people in our churches have been doing that. But as a mm-hmm. collective church, what can we do to help since we're here and we're in the area? How are we going to be very intentional about, okay, what about week three, four, five, six, up to 10 or even more when people are going, I don't have insurance. I don't have, nobody's here to help me put stuff together. And, and I know FEMA is stepping in, which usually helps a little bit, but we also know how long it takes to get that money Yeah. Um, at times. And people still go, okay, well, what now? Like, right. who's going to help me start putting the pieces of my life together? And really where we get to come alongside is go, how can we help you find your, your new normal right. for you and bring you some hope, not just, and here's, here's what uh, to understand is we can bring some physical hope by mm-hmm. helping them rebuild stuff. Right? right, and we can help them on the path of of uh, reaccumulating the things that they they've lost. But what about that eternal hope that this door is wide open for? That yeah. shame on us if we just step in and meet a physical need. Mm-hmm. That's great. Our neighbor who loses loses everything, we can step in, and even if we can replace everything, if that neighbor still dies without Jesus, they die a neighbor who just got all their stuff back and still spending eternity in hell separated from God. And so, as a pastor, that bothers me. Um, so for sure, yeah. And, and this is one of those moments where people realize that stuff is just stuff and it can be gone really quickly. And so it definitely opens the conversation to say, um, hey, like, w- we're happy to help you with your stuff, but your mm-hmm. stuff can be gone just as quick as it was gone again. Right, right. Um, and stuff is just temporal. And it mm-hmm. allows for good and healthy conversation. And and that's where, um, for me, I in, interned in college with a group um, who is a, a faith-based organization called Matthew 25 Ministries um, and know them super well. I've got two people from one of the small groups that I was a part of um, that work there. And, and uh, as we begin to figure out, you know, who we can partner with mm-hmm. and who's part, who is opening to partner directly with local churches. Right. Um, that name was brought up, and, and so we started pursuing that. Yep. and um, have, have continued to do so. Yeah, and so we just got back 30 minutes ago from meeting with their staff. Um, they're stationed right now at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds right now where they've been for the last few days. And we got to meet with them and got to kind of figure out what that looks like for us to partner with them because they, they specialize in long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here in a few days, they're going to go back to Cincinnati where they're based out of, but they're partnering with churches now to and help the churches facilitate this long-term relief effort right. and some things came up in our conversation that we're going to be able to be a part of one of us be a, a go-between where yeah. we can actually store stuff here and actually be part of delivering from here to some of the churches that are right in the middle like in up in trotwood and some of the other areas um that really um maybe haven't got a lot of media coverage uh, yeah. in some of those areas and actually be a blessing to being a part of that funneling of materials so on the uh supply side but also with some of the people in that area who lost everything and didn't have insurance, there's some possibilities for us to be able to come alongside and help some of those families out physically. Mm-hmm. Like our church mobilize here some people who can know how to do things, who can rip out some drywall, who can uh, replace some studs in a wall and help. I mean, they don't, it's not like we're going to, you know, these people have nothing and, right. and they have no insurance to, that's going to come in. And even FEMA, the money they give them is not going to be enough to cover all of it. So we might be able to be able to actually step in and bring some real physical hope, yeah. but engage on a very personal level with uh, a small group of people up there as we try to help them put those pieces back together. So I am, in fact, we're waiting on some calls and emails back from them today or tomorrow over the next couple of days of how we can mobilize in the long term for that. And I, I'm excited. 
Right. Yeah, we're looking at a, at a few different things, like you said, the, the opportunity to store mm-hmm. things for them when they're some of those churches just don't have the space, right, to put things, and they're putting up people, they're putting up all kinds of stuff. They don't mm-hmm. have space for stuff, and then. I love the the opportunity to be able to partner with this organization that can now partner two local churches that we can go partner with another local church. If we lead somebody to Christ, we're not like, hey, hope you find a good local church. We're already partnering with another local church in the area Mm -hmm. and we can, you know, we can plug them in. It it just, it's a, it's a beautiful model that, that allows the church really to be the church. Right. Per church organizations sometimes really think they're the end all be all of, how this has to happen. Mm-hmm. So it can be overwhelming for people at first to be like, wait, Matthew 25 is going back to Cincinnati. Right. They're still providing all the support. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it through local church, the way that God intended it to be done. And it's through the local yep, church. Absolutely. And remembering that again, our, our, our goal is we can use this opportunity providing physical aid with bringing the greatest spiritual aid of all time. Mm-hmm. And we got to see that firsthand in our Hurricane Harvey relief, the amount of people that we were able to witness to and people came to know the Lord as we're ripping drywall out of their houses. And because we were marrying up our good works Mm -hmm. with the good news. Right. And when those two things come, you can't have one and not the other. We we can do good works all day long, but all we do, if we just come and feed their bellies, that's all we do. Then they, they die with a full belly. That's the only difference. Or are we going to help fill their, their hopelessness with the gospel of Jesus Christ while we're meeting that physical need. And yes, both are important, but we cannot leave out one at the expense of the other. Absolutely. And, and so that's kind of what we've been talking about here, um, which is kind of, kind of segues into what we're looking at over the, in our, in our current series called the mountain. Yeah. It's been, it's been an awesome series. It's been, um, as you so um, amazingly put it on Sunday, there's been some band-aids that have been ripped <laughs> off, which I'm sure we'll get to that eventually here. Yeah, you need to watch the video. It was a lot of fun. Ben Ben has quite the ride. It's fun. So. Yeah, so, but but it, it's not, people think of the Sermon on the Mount, and I've, if, if you've ever seen that in like a church play or in like a, a, a movie or something like mm-hmm. that, it's, it's always Jesus like standing on the hill and he's like giving these out like, Blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like this very like he's British all of a sudden, right? And, right. And it's like no, Jesus was saying some really hard stuff, very hard stuff. He wasn't just like painting some pretty. Pic- he wasn't like doing a verbal Van Gogh or something. I mean, he was right. really saying some very difficult things to a very religious crowd in a very religious nation. Yeah, nation. he had he's on the mountain, and what we sometimes also in those movies and plays, you see Jesus with like uh, just a handful of people around him as he's talking, and there's actually a multitude, there's a crowd of people there in this flat spot right off of one of the hills there, and there's people in that crowd that are the religious leaders that are the super religious elite, and there's the the tagalongs who are just along because he's doing some really crazy miracles and feeding everybody. And then there's the people who are truly following him. And as he goes from Matthew five to Matthew seven, again Jesus didn't speak in chapters, but that's where we get this dialogue or monologue, however you want to put it, where Jesus is speaking, and he's directly talking to all three groups of people. And as you really study this, you can see where sometimes he switches from one group to the next, and it's very subtle, but it applies to everybody. But you can tell when he's kind of really ripping off the Band-Aids of one of those groups. And then sometimes he's speaking to the group as a whole. And the first week we talked about those blesseds, right? And yeah. what I love about this series, starting with the what's called the Beatitudes for a churchy word, those blesseds are the, the meek and the porn spirit and stuff. What he's really doing is he's laying out for these three chapters 
what it means to be a follower of him. I mean, we, we go everywhere to go, here's what a Christian really is. And here's what a Christian really, why don't we just let Jesus set that standard? And, and so when I was preparing and studying for this, I'm like, I wonder, you know, how many, how many sermon series have actually been done on what does Jesus say a follower is? And there really wasn't a whole lot out there. And I'm like, why not? And I've loved it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big series guy, right? but I have absolutely loved this thing. And so he starts with the blessed are these people and we walk through what that looks like. And then he goes from that generalities of what a follower is his looks like to talking about we're the salt and light, Mm -hmm. which is what the follower of his does. Right. Right. And that's where we get this idea of marrying up our good works with the good news. And because we're salt, our lifestyle should show it. And we're the light, which means our mouths should say it. Mm -hmm. And so and those two, when they come together, it's super powerful things. So you see where he kind of shifts to the followers where he says you're the salt and light. And then he goes to what we looked at. Um, this past week where he ripped off the band-aids, he got super deep and very uncomfortable. I mean, even on Sunday, it got really quiet in the auditorium at some of those times. So imagine what it was like on the side of that mountain that day Mm -hmm. where he's just really directly combating a culture that had become all about works on the outside and not about anything to do with your heart. And as much as it kind of got uncomfortable here on Sunday a little bit, and we try to lighten it up by ripping some duct tape off your yeah, arm. You and ripped duct tape. And in case I, you missed it, John <laughs> put duct tape on my hairy arm and then ripped it off. But it was all for Jesus, right? Because yeah. it was about... <laughs> Blessed are they that are persecuted. That are persecuted by their pastor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We're that a preach. Um, <laughs> but really, so he gets into chapter 17 of, of Matthew 5, and he starts ripping off Band-Aids of mm-hmm. the, you've heard it said... But I tell you this, so uh, attacking really the culture that they had become and saying, but this is what it really means. It's not about what you do. It's where your heart relation is with Jesus. Yeah, it's all about it's all about the posture of the heart, not the physical posture. Yeah, it's like and I talk about that with our students all the time, because Mm -hmm. right now our students are made up of mostly kids that have been in church for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, And and as we're talking through this, because. We're talking about, hey, are you are you having conversations with your friends at, at school about knowing Christ? And it's like, no, I'm not because, you know, I'm just and nobody can really they don't really want to say, like, I don't want to look like a goofball right. or whatever. And but as you talk to them and you really dig in, it's like, hey, I get because I was one of those kids that knew how to play the game. Like I knew how to look like a follower of Jesus. But what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus his way? And then. How does that change, like your actors, not just what you do, mm-hmm. but why you do it, and and how you do it, and the attitude that you take of it, and because the reality is, is right now, it's kind of the difference. Even in this tornado relief, there's people that want to help, mm-hmm. right? And there's some people that want to help because they genuinely feel like, man, people need help. And then there's some people that want to help because they kind of feel bad, mm-hmm. because well, it missed me. I I kind of feel bad for those people, right? And then there's some people that are like. Oh man, you know, and, and not to to say that necessarily I know the motive of the celebrities that are right, doing right. things, but you you see like Rob Lowe come out and he's going to do something and he's talking about this is my hometown and all this kind of stuff, and then it's like well Jimmy Fallon jumps in and then another celebrity jumps in and then another and you see these it's like a chain of celebrities and it's almost right. like this is what I have to do mm-hmm. and Christianity is so that way it's like oh man I'm I want to serve. Jesus because I, I love Jesus or then it's like well I want to serve Jesus because I'm pretty sure that's what it's that's what I'm supposed to do so I, this is the things I'm supposed to do and mm-hmm. like 
right there we've already drifted away from like we're not really serving Jesus. Right. We're just doing we're ste- we're taking care of our conscience at that point. Right. And then there's people that are like, well, I want to do it because they're doing it, and I don't want them to make me look bad. And then it's like yeah. that's a complete pride thing. It is and, right. And so just to watch that unfold and really mm-hmm. Sunday, as he said, like it's not about just not doing this. It's about it goes all the way back to like, what are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. What are you focusing on? Right. Because that's just as as wrong mm-hmm. as as what you're not doing. Right. Yeah. And so we looked at on Sunday where it's not just about not murdering someone. Right. It's about where's your heart at towards that person, whether it's you, you're angry at them, whether you hate them, you're putting them down, you're, you're making fun of them. And it's not just about not having an affair. It's about where your thoughts at. What are you looking at? What are you watching? What are you allowing yourself to think about uh, when it comes to all that? And what they were doing, and we do the same thing, is they were looking at the Ten Commandments and going, well, I'm not doing that. Right. Because the Ten Commandments really covers technically your actions. Right. Right. But Jesus was like, you're missing the point. Because it wasn't about just your actions. It was about where your heart stands in relation to God. And Mm -hmm. so, and then this week as we get into it, I'm really excited because we're going to look at, we're going to start to unpack this next part of it where Jesus calls out four things that he says, when you do this, yeah, (laughs) like assuming like he's like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. So when you do this, this is how you do it. Like when you fast, when you pray, when you, this is what you need to be doing. And so, and one thing I want to kind of challenge everyone with, I mean, as we're, as we're kind of wrapping up today is one, obviously, man, I encourage you to go back and watch this series. You can see it on our Facebook page. You can you can watch it on our, our website. You can go and check it out. I don't know. It's even on our podcast. Um, I charge, encourage you to watch, listen to it or watch it because it's very eye-opening to what Jesus says about a believer. A lot of us have a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be a follower of Christ. So why don't let Jesus? Why don't we just let Jesus describe that and define it? Yeah. And so I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to do that. The other thing is this. I really want you to, especially if you're in this area, and, and you go to church or maybe you're in this area and you're a follower of Christ. I know a lot of people got really mobilized this week fast. I mean, right. mobilized like crazy. All of a sudden their wallets are open. They're giving, they're serving, they're up in arms and they're recruiting other people to do that. Let me ask you this. And again, this is a big deal and it's very important that we serve. Right. But, and this might, you know, just like when Jesus says sometimes things sting a little bit, When's the last time you got this up in arms like you did about this tornado relief about your lost neighbor? Right. When's the last time you got this up in arms and this mobilized about your coworker who doesn't go to church and doesn't know Jesus? We can go and serve all day long and cut down branches and remove trash and pass out water bottles and all that's very important and we can show the love of Christ in that. But again, if we're not doing the spiritual side of it with the person who lives right across the street from us, if it takes a tornado or a disaster for us to actually open up our mouths and start talking, we've got to check ourselves and go, okay, what, what am I missing? Like we church and even the churches around here, when was the last time we got this mobilized in an evangelistic effort? Right. Or we're willing to work together to, to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that with cleaning people's stuff up. But, mm-hmm. but what about, I mean, it's, it's so interesting because if you, if you knew, and in fact, the second day that we were supposed to get tornadoes, mm-hmm. there was a chance that Wednesday it was going to happen again. Right. And where we're living right now, we don't have a basement. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked on the phone. And you're like, hey, by the way, if we have another tornado, like come to my house because I have a basement. Mm-hmm. It's safer for you there. I don't want you to be in a place that's not safe. Right. All of that to say, 
we have this opportunity to say, hey, this eternal situation is coming at you where mm-hmm. you're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell, separated from Christ or with Christ. But we stay silent. Like, I know right. it's coming at you. I know it's going to devastate your home. I know it's going to level the playing field, but we stay silent. It's mm-hmm. like we're willing to come in on the back end, but could you imagine if, like, you knew a tornado was going to hit my house? You knew my wife and kids are there, and I'm there with no basement, and you knew it was going to hit my house, and you didn't just say anything because mm-hmm. you're already going to be in your basement. You don't want to share the basement with somebody else, or that might be weird for somebody else to come to your house in the middle of the night. Right. Or, Whatever the excuse would be, we would never do that. There's n- there's no excuse that you would you would have that you wouldn't look out for somebody's family mm-hmm. unless it comes to th- their eternity. Right. Then all of a sudden it's a game changer and we just don't have those conversations. But right. again, I just want to go back what Jesus said, you you're the salt and you're the light. Right. You cannot have one with you cannot just pick one. You can't just say, "Well, I'm just going to live a good life and let my lifestyle without ever opening your mouth." And so I think this is a good eye-opener for our churches. It's a good open, eye-opener for our church to see, one, yes, we can go mobilize and we can be a part of a long-term relief effort. But on the other hand, I think it's also a convicting thing for us to go, when's the last time we got this energized about evangelism? Right, because we are the long-term redeemed effort. Like, we're right. the long-term effort. We're the, the plan to take the good news to the world. Mm-hmm. Like Just like we're saying, hey, we're going to be the outpost from Matthew 25 to bring their supplies and drop them off here so we could take them to the people we need it. That's the exact design where God said, I'm going to place you in Centerville, Ohio, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make that church, Morningstar Baptist Church, and the people that are in it, my plan to take care of this area. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to give you everything you need to do it. I'm going to make sure you're in good shape. And we're like, awesome. And we're sitting around, we're drinking all the relief bottles of water, <laughs> right? right? And right. just comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, man, where'd all this extra stuff come from? Right. When God's like, man, I completely, I gave you all those gifts and I gave you all those abilities and I gave you all that resource to to share me, mm-hmm. to, to be the relief, the real hope-giving unit in the world is the church. And right. we just... We just miss it. We mm-hmm. just get so blinded because life becomes about us again. And it does. The the cameras come off f- just like in 10 days when mm-hmm. the cameras are gone from this effort and you don't hear about it anymore. People are still living in shambles. Still they still living, don't have a yeah. place to go. Right. Same thing. These people have no hope, but we're so focused on us that we're not doing anything about it. Right. When we first came to know Christ and it was the coolest thing ever. It was like right when the tornadoes hit. I mean, we mm-hmm. could not tell people because it was so exciting. Right. It was so right in our face. And now we've been saved for five, 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And it's just life. Now we're not mobilizing anymore. We're not yep. mobilizing. It's not yep. that exciting. And mm-hmm. there's still people living in shambles. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's hard when you reflect on these things. When I reflect on these things and how they affect my own every day and how they don't affect my own every day like mm-hmm. they should. Right. Like it's hard. It's hard to say, hey, I don't I don't mobilize like I should. Mm-hmm. My family doesn't mobilize like my family should. Mm-hmm. And man, it's we are we're huge about this relief effort. Mm-hmm. Um but we want to be just as big about sharing the gospel. Right. 
Right. And we got opportunities to do that too. We, uh, right. once again, just a plug, we got our mission trip coming up at the end of August and, and we've got some excitement and energy behind that. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the beginning of the long-term vision for our church of being missions minded, whether it's here locally or it's around the world. And I'm excited about everything God's doing here. And it's been great. And I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do, allow us to do through Matthew 25 and the long-term relief efforts here. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in our own outreach stuff that we're doing here um, as a part of Morningstar Baptist Church. And so, again, uh, if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come out Sunday. And we meet at 1030. We're going to be looking at the next part of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's called The Mountain. And I hope you can come. And if not, man, check us out. Um, go watch them and go, go check it out and see what Jesus has to say about what it means to really be a follower. Right, and so we will not see you next week because John's going to be in Texas, but we will see you in two weeks, and we can't wait to sit down and talk with you again.